It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome on into Locked On Cougars. I'm Jay Catch, your host here on this daily podcast focused on all things BYU sports each and every day, talking about the latest and greatest when it comes to BYU news, offering you news, insight, opinion, and insider information you can't find anywhere else. Thanks again for joining me on this Thursday, December 13th edition of the show, brought to you today by our good friends at Roman and Sling TV. We'll tell you about both of those companies and what they're offering offering our listeners here in a little bit. Today's show, laying it out for you, we'll start off talking about BYU basketball, a big win last night over Portland State. TJ Hawes leading the way. We'll break that down here in this first segment. Second of the segment of the show, need to talk a little bit about BYU football, some news and notes, another transfer out of the program. Does it mean that there's an issue going on with the program? We'll discuss that in the second segment. Also in the final segment of the show, my good friend that I work with on a daily basis in my day job with the Zone Sports Network here in Salt Lake City, Utah, Adrian Leiser joins me to talk about BYU women's volleyball in the Final Four starting tonight. They're taking on number one seed Stanford at 5 p.m. We'll break down that match, let Adrian break it down for you. He's a volleyball expert, coaches the sport at a high level, and he'll be able to explain where he sees the edge for the Cougars in their rematch against the top-seeded Cardinal. All right, that's coming up on today's show. Thanks again for joining me. We are available everywhere. Fine podcasts are to be found. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, hopefully coming soon to Pandora. Also tell your smart speaker, play podcast locked on cougars you can find us there all right without further ado let's get going this is locked on cougars for december 13th 2018 BYU basketball last night moves to 8-4 on the season as they defeat Portland State 85-66. We talked about this game yesterday that Portland State would come in with kind of the high-pressure defense. BYU countered it pretty well, I thought, all in all. Yoli Childs last night didn't have his best game of the season. He saw his double double streak snapped. Only put up, I believe, 13 points on the night. According to reports from the game, um, he was ill, did not attend shoot-around earlier in the day. So TJ Haas stepped up, scored a career-high 30 points in BYU's win last night. Always good to see a guy like TJ step up in the absence of BYU star player Yoli Childs. Uh, Yoli finished with 13 points and 6 rebounds in limited minutes, 24 minutes in the game. Actually tied for the team high in the blowout win. But TJ Haas, 9 of 15. 15 from the field, 5 of 10 from 3, finishes with those 30 points, also adds 3 rebounds, and I thought he had a great, I also led the team with 5 assists, so he wasn't necessarily just shooting all the time, he also was dishing it out to teammates, oh excuse me, second on the team in assists, his other teammate, Nick Emery, his high school teammate, had the team lead in, with 6 assists of his own, so 
I thought it was a good showing for BYU, moving to 8-4 and four on the season. Cougars shot very well in this game. That was a, it was a big improvement for them, but the three-point shooting was not great. So overall in the game, 47.5%, you'll take it. 53.3% in the first half in particular. For the game, though, shooting from three, 33.3%, 7 of 21. Five of those coming from TJ Haas. Uh, the other other two, one coming from Nick Emery and the other from Zach Selya. So three-point shooting, BYU apparently right now cannot hit at a high clip from three-point land because 33% is considered low. And But the good news is BYU working the ball inside, finding other ways to score and picking up another win, 85-66 to over Portland State. Uh, Portland State came in, uh, wanted to pressure BYU, and I thought the Cougars handled it well. BYU also defended well. Uh, Portland State for the game only shot 31.3% from the field, 20.8% from three. So it was a good showing defensively for the Cougars as well as on the offensive end. I thought that the lessons BYU learned after giving up 113 points at Weber State now a week and a half plus ago really have paid off for the Cougars in this three-game run, beating Utah State, Utah, and now Portland State. They refuse to be embarrassed like they were up there in Ogden when they took on the Wildcats. They found a new grit, a new intensity on the defensive end of things. They're working together as a team, and I think the Cougars, they've benefited from that. They came into this game, a team that wants to turn you over. Dave Rose said in his pre-game, like his uh, not his pregame comments, but his media availability earlier this week that uh, Portland State had forced a team into 40-plus turnovers in a game earlier this year. He had never seen that as a coach. And the good news is his team handled that pressure and rolled to a victory. Connor Harding had another solid night for BYU, 11 points, 3 rebounds. I think that Connor Harding is going to be a glue guy, an important key cog in BYU's offense going forward. And you can't discount what he is offering to the Cougars as a starter right now. He shot 5-9 and nine from the field. I thought he played extremely well. Zach Selyus finished the night with 11 points, and as we already mentioned Yoli Childs his 13.6 rebound performance despite being ill is pretty good he also um, had three blocks in this game so this is a all in all an overall team performance that will look very good for BYU Portland State a team that's pretty decent this is I believe was a according to Greg Rubel I saw yesterday was a Q2 game in the quadrant system that the NCAA tournament committee uses so this is a good win for BYU to have on the resume now BYU fans need Portland State uh, Barrett Perry uh, Peary their head coach uh, local product they now need Portland State to go into the big sky against a team like Weber State and have a good run this season because it only helps BYU's resume. And we'll see how it shakes out. I think that BYU is going to benefit from this game. It's a... It's one that builds your confidence. They now head to Las Vegas this Saturday to take on UNLV at T-Mobile Arena. So not at the Thomas and Mac. It's a T-Mobile Arena right there on the Strip. And if you're listening here along the Wasatch Front that want to drive down, or if you're a native of the Las, greater Las Vegas area, Henderson, etc., get out to this game. Support the Cougars. They're on a roll right now. I would expect that they should be a favorite against UNLV despite playing at a so-called neutral court right now 
in UNLV's backyard. I would still pick BYU to be the favorite. They're now 8-4 and four on the season. And I think that that Weber State loss was kind of that bottoming out for BYU. It came early in the season. Now can they carry that momentum through the rest of this non-conference schedule as they get ready for WCC play coming up here in a couple of weeks? I'm encouraged by what I'm seeing from BYU. That three-point percentage is still not great, but they have found other ways to score, and that's the encouraging part about it. Uh, The free throw percentage is still a concern. Only 20 of 29 for the game yesterday, 69%. You'd like to see a team hitting on 80-plus percent every game. Free throws are free points. You're at the free throw line. There's no hand in your face. Make your free throws. Those are going to be important at different games this season, especially coming up against teams like a UNLV, San Diego State, and a Mississippi State team on the road. You'll need every point you can muster. All right, there you go. Some of my thoughts on BYU and their game last night, the win over Portland State. Like I said, they're headed to Las Vegas to face UNLV this Saturday. Uh, Game time set, I believe, for 6.30 p.m. Mountain Time will be streamed on ESPN3. And of course, you can hear Greg Rubel and Mark Duran on the call on the BYU Sports Network. We'll preview that game a little bit more for you on tomorrow's show. We'll step aside here. We'll come back, tell you a little bit more about uh, BYU football. News of Wayne Kirby, a defensive lineman transferring out of BYU BYU. Is it a cause for concern? We'll talk about it. Also, another commitment added to the BYU recruiting class coming up that's expected to sign next week. We'll tell you about that young man, Caleb Christensen, here in a moment as well. Before we do that, though, do need to tell you about one of today's sponsors on the show, and that is our good friends at Sling TV. They've been with us for quite a while here on Locked On Cougars, and they are your best bet when you want to watch all the college sports you can handle, whether that's the bowl season coming up in college football, college basketball ongoing like BYU last night in action. Sling TV will get you what you need for just $30 a month. You get ESPN networks, Pac-12 networks, SEC networks, and more. Sling TV's goal is to give you the live TV you love, only better. There are no useless channels. This is not a bundled package where you have 30 or 40 channels you're not interested in. You go to Sling.com and you can check out all their channel lineups, pick the format and the setup that's right for you, and that's what you get. No long-term contract. There are no hidden fees, and you can cancel it at any time. Locked on Cougars listeners, they've got a special offer for you. If you go to slingit.com slash locked on, that's S-L-I-N-G dot com slash locked on, they'll give you a seven-day free trial to see what Sling TV is all about. I'd encourage you to check it out. It might be the right option for you if you're looking to get away from your cable package. Check it out, slingit.com slash locked on, seven-day free trial. Once again, check it out, sling.com slash locked on. The NCAA tournament is almost here, and listening to Locked On College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The news came out yesterday afternoon on his social media channels. Wayne Tay Kirby, 
BYU defensive lineman announcing that he is going to transfer from the BYU football program. I'm going to read his statement in full right now. We'll get that out of the way right up top here. So here we go. Quote, sadly, I am announcing that I am transferring from Brigham Young at University. I met with the coaches and staff at BYU, and we have both decided that it's what's best for both sides, as there are some personal reasons on my end and business reasons on theirs. I love each and every one of the members of the team and staff here, and I will miss them. I also want to thank those that have supported me regardless through my time here. My name is on the transfer portal as of today, and I'm ready to take the next big step towards, towards I think it means, means forwards, in my life. Wayne Kirby. That's the second transfer in just under a week as Christian Folau announced, I guess it's almost a week, Christian Folau announcing he is going to transfer as well from the BYU football program. Had a couple of people reach out to me, and you can always reach out to me on Twitter, on social media, by reaching out to the show. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and also Twitter at LockedOnCougars. My personal Twitter feed is at Jacob C. Hatch. Feel free to reach out to me there. Had a couple of people express some concern that a second transfer transfer from the program indicated a trend. Well, it could definitely indicate a trend, and based on people I have talked to, I would not be surprised if this is not the last transfer from BYU this season. I'm talking about transfers out of the program. And it's not the coaches are pressuring guys to leave. I think there are guys simply looking out for their best interest. The guys that want to play haven't had an opportunity to. Wayne Kirby has dealt with some academic issues as well as some health issues in his time at BYU. Of course, a former transfer from Oregon in his own right to BYU. He'll be looking for his third school of his collegiate career. Uh, it would make a lot of sense, unless he's graduating, that he dips down a level, plays at the FCS level. A kid that's from Pocatello, Idaho, in Highland High School, the powerhouse there in Pocatello, easily could go home and play for his hometown team in Idaho State and not have to sit out regardless of his academic status. That would make a lot of sense for Wayne Kirby. But getting back to my original point, people I have talked to that are close to the BYU football program, uh, sources, people like to say, hashtag sources, this is not going to be the last transfer from BYU based on what I'm hearing. I'm not saying that the transfers out are meaning the doom and gloom of the BYU football program. Very much the opposite. This opens up scholarships that for, for players that BYU is currently chasing in the lead run up to National Signing Day, and it gives them an opportunity to add some more players they believe can make, make a contribution. Like I said, it's a two-way street, and that's I, I like what Wayne Kirby said here. He said, quote, I met with the coaches and the staff at BYU, and we have both decided that it's what's best for both sides. He says, there are some personal reasons on my end and business reasons on theirs. Well, there you go. Both sides came to an agreement. This is not BYU saying, Wayne, we need you to go away. You're done. More the more the rather he 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 decided. Hey, I'd rather go somewhere else. BYU said, "Hey, we could use that scholarship," and both sides have agreed to move on. And I think that's that's okay. College football is a business, plain and simple. And BYU is going to use that roster slot, the scholarship slot, to add a player they feel like can make a contribution. Announced yesterday that one of two commitments that are kind of the bat signals have been put up for earlier this week was revealed, and that is Skyview prospect Caleb Christensen, a guy that the BYU staff has been monitoring for quite a while. Uh, he was offered and almost immediately committed thereafter, so he'll be joining BYU from Cache Valley. So congratulations to Caleb Christensen. And that could be the slot that Wayne Kirby opened up. 
Like I said, I expect to see some more roster movement this season, transfers in and out of the program, and they'll open up slots, and BYU will fill them, plain and simple. Um, Two other notes for you real quick before we get to an interview here with Troy Warner is that two preferred walk-on slots or preferred walk-on offers were issued as well. Mason Wake, a running back and linebacker from Lone Peak High School, added a preferred walk-on offer. Great player in the run that Lone Peak made to the state title this past year in the 6A ranks. He's a good player, could play fullback, also could play linebacker. We'll see where he lines up if he decides to end up at BYU. They also offered another local kid in their backyard. Uh, Pleasant Grove High School quarterback Jake Jensen led his team to the semifinals of the 6A playoffs. A great player, underrated talent. He added a preferred walk-on spot as a preferred walk-on offer from BYU. Both of those players, they can be the type of guys that are the lifeblood of BYU's football program going forward. If you can get young men like this that are willing to walk on, prove themselves, and if they're good enough, earn that scholarship down the road, it helps BYU out. You can recruit talented players, but also add players who have that chip on their shoulder that want to come in and prove themselves. So we'll see um, how it all shakes out, but I don't think BYU is in a bad place. And like I said, I don't expect this transfer by Wayne Kirby to be the last one from BYU. We'll see what happens, but of course, we'll keep you updated on it each and every day here on Locked on Cougars. Now, let's talk with a BYU player who's currently on the roster getting ready for BYU's bowl game. I had a chance to speak with Troy Warner earlier this week after practice. Get some of his thoughts on the upcoming bowl game, the feeling on the team now that they are going bowling versus what happened last year when they missed that bowl game, and also get some of his thoughts on him turning into kind of that elder statesman now on the BYU football team as he's a junior looking towards his senior season. So here you go, Troy Warner with myself earlier this week after practice. How does it feel to be back in a bowl game after missing it a year ago? Yeah, man, it's a, it's a great feeling. Uh... Just going back on last year, kind of that feeling of not going to a bowl game, is something that these guys, these coaches, they don't they don't want to feel that you know ever again. And so it's a great accomplishment, uh, but we're not done yet. We got we got this last game to go and to beat Western Michigan, which is which is a good team. So, coaches said they're planning on using all 15 of these practices. How important is that as well? Yeah, man, it's just every practice is, an, is another opportunity just to perfect your craft. Um, you know, leading up to this game, we're, we're going to re- really need to be dialed in. And then uh, also, it's just also good to get – we have a young team, and yeah. so it's good to get the young guys' reps and uh, just to carry over for next year, make them that much better. So it, I think it's good. It wasn't too long ago you were one of those young guys. You're moving towards being one of those upper class. And what is kind of your role in, this, in all of this? Yeah, so, I mean, I really think it's just – about you know leading these young guys uh as veterans one of our jobs is to to be there for them and if they have any questions about the game the position it's you know it's up to these uh our, us as older people to you know teach them and, and make them better as a player so that this program can succeed you and diane made that move to safety now that you're pretty much a year into this how how does it feel how do you feel you've adapted um so it, i had a bit of a slow start um but I feel like over as as the games went on, I progressively gotten better, and so you know, just every day I'm trying to get better as a player um, and, and do what I can to help my teammates get better as well. So um, it hasn't been the year that I've wanted, but it's definitely been a fun year, uh, just being around the guys and, and, and seeing some success success within this team. So. With this defense, you guys rotate a lot of safeties. Is that just more of an effort for you guys just to stay fresh and be able to go 100% every time you're out there? Yeah, uh, definitely. I think, uh, you know, as just as a defense, 
our, our main goal is just to get fresh guys out there, fresh legs, and so that we can fly around and be fast. Uh, sometimes the offenses are doing hurry-ups and whatnot, and so it's just smart, really, to, to get guys out there that uh, that are well-rested and, and can go make plays for the team. So, What's it been like working with Preston Hadley? Uh, he's a he's a special guy, man. He, he really knows a lot about the game, uh, about the position, and it's really cool to see, you know, just a coach just be hungry to learn and, and to teach his guys. And, you know, you really couldn't ask for anything less um, out of a coach. Um, he just, he's all year he's been a guy that just motivates us and to be better and to really just be great at what we do. You just had a little more time now to dig into Western Michigan. What do you expect? Yeah, so we're expecting – a great team, a lot of athletes, uh, especially on offense. They've got some guys around the perimeter, but uh, they also got some guys uh, in the backfield at running back. And they're a running team first, but uh, I think they'll they'll mix things up and and really keep us on our toes. But I think uh, it's a great challenge for us, and uh, and I think we'll uh, be up to it. So, last thing for me here is this is the last game of this year. Then you guys go into next year. You'll be a senior this coming year. Do you have any off season goals for yourself? What are you kind of looking forward to doing? Yeah, so I really just want to improve my explosiveness um, and just really just make sure my foot is at 100%, uh, just keep improving that area. Uh, but overall, I just want to improve myself, you know, on and off the field in every aspect that I can, uh, and then as well as help my teammates um, do the same. So that'll be my goal for the offseason. Awesome. Thanks so much, Troy. Yeah, no problem. There you go, Troy Warner. Thank him for taking the time. It's always a blast to catch up with these players. They've all got individual stories, and my hat goes off to Troy Warner. He's battled through a nasty foot injury, that dreaded Liz Frank injury. He had surgery on it. He's been rehabbing it. Like I said, I'm not fully convinced it's fully healthy, but maybe it will never be fully healthy, and hopefully he can play out the string if it's if it's meant to be, that he's able to stay healthy the rest of his collegiate career and make it to the next level. Good for him. His brother's absolutely tearing it up in San Francisco. Speaking of Fred Warner, it would be cool to see Troy also make his oppor- most of his opportunity and play at the next level as well, but he's got another year to prove himself next season. Also in the game coming up next week in the famous Idaho Potato Bowl. Alright, we'll step aside here. We're coming back talk some BYU volleyball. Women's volleyball in the final four tonight against number one seed Stanford. Previously beat the Cardinal on their home court uh, BYU beat the Cardinal on their home court at the Smith Fieldhouse earlier this season. We'll talk with my good friend Adrian Leiser and preview that match next. Before we do that, though, do need to tell you about one of today's sponsors on the, sponsors on the show, and that is our good friends at Roman. Guys, let's be real. We're terrible at taking care of our health. Whether it's a knee injury, you hurt your back, uh, you've got a hangnail or anything worse, guys are usually more comfortable, quote, rubbing some dirt on it and then seeing a doctor. I'm guilty of it. I do it all the time. I'll jack my back up and my wife's like, hey, go see that doctor. I'm like, no, I'll be all right. And I kind of grit it out. Well, the same is true for erectile dysfunction. Studies show that 70% of men who experience ED don't get treated for it. Thankfully, Roman is here to create an easy way to get checked out by a doctor and get the treatment you need. Roman's a one-stop shop where licensed U.S. physicians can diagnose ED and ship medication right to your door online. There's 
There's no waiting rooms. You don't go have that awkward face-to-face conversation with your doctor, and you don't have to go to the pharmacy to refill your prescription. You handle everything online. All you have to do is get. All you have to do, excuse me, is go to getroman.com/locked. Fill out a brief medical onboarding, chat with a doctor online, and then get those FDA-approved ED meds delivered to your door in discreet, unmarked packaging. Guys, check it out. ED is a problem that guys don't have to tackle alone, but with Roman, it's really easy, so they'll take care of it for you. Make sure you don't have any issues going forward, and you also, like we mentioned, don't have to have that awkward conversation face-to-face with the doctor. You can go to GetRoman.com slash locked for a free online visit. That's GetRoman.com slash locked for a free online visit. Once again, check it out. GetRoman.com slash locked. The NCAA tournament is almost here. And listening to Locked On College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to Locked On Cougars. I'm Jay Catch, your host here on this podcast, covering all things BYU for you each and every day, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I am joined by a good friend of mine. I mentioned him yesterday on the podcast. I said he was going to be on with us today to preview tonight's big Final Four match between BYU and Stanford. The Cougars are the four seed, the Cardinal the number one seed. NCAA Women's Volleyball Tournament, he is Adrian Leiser, works with me at the Zone hey. Sports Network. What's up? Thanks for having me on Locked On Cougars. Absolutely. So, Adrian, I told my listeners yesterday that you know more about volleyball than I can ever dream to know. You coach the sport. It's just one of those things I love. You watch it a lot. So, first things first, BYU beat Stanford earlier this year. Mm -hmm. Five sets down at the Smithfield House. Yes. Big upset. Can the Cougars recreate that tonight in your mind? Well, what I'm going to say about this... uh, match tonight is these two teams have the two best outside hitters in the country in okay. my opinion in uh Catherine Plummer out of Stanford who is uh has been incredible for many years and uh Roni Jones Perry for the for the BYU Cougars who the only person who could have come into the season to take the player of the year award away from Catherine Plummer is her okay. and she may just do that because she she hits slightly better uh both of them were incredible in the elite eight um so what I'm watching for tonight is obviously those two the other thing is the blocking of both teams Stanford's block is the best in the country okay. uh but BYU's is not really that far behind yeah, so it's really it- gonna be interesting um what goes on between those players, who else can score points, okay. and um, what they can do with blocking schemes. So is it almost if you can find a secondary scorer that has a big night, you probably have the advantage. Yeah, and that, and that hurts with uh, BYU when they lost McKenna Miller, obviously. Yeah. But they have some other players that can really <coughs> score, obviously. Excuse me. Um, the thing about the Stanford team is they have, I think, four starters our national champions already. Oh, okay. In 2016, yeah, when they uh, when they were either freshmen or sophomores, when the, Stanford kind of came out of nowhere that in uh, that year in Russ Dunning's last season, um, I think his first name is Russ. Anyway, Dunning is his last name, so uh, that 
<clears throat> they kind of came out of nowhere to win that title, and they've been around since then. Okay. So what I'm really interested to see is out of the Smithfield house. Yeah, neutral court. Neutral court. How does BYU react to that, um, this to the, this environment? I yeah. do think them losing to LMU was actually a good thing. I know a lot of people are talking about the end of the year. Oh, you ruined your perfect season. Yeah. Well, sometimes you got to lose a game to really reset your expectations or reset yourself. It was almost a stunning loss, too, because straight sets. Oh, LMU, the only reason they got in was because they beat BYU. Okay. They got into the tournament, they, and the, I was like, why the, is LMU in? They got the bump. Yeah, from the thing that. about volleyball uh, is it's very top-heavy okay. in college volleyball I mean that's why you're seeing all these national seeds are in the finals mm-hmm. and so LMU kind of got in because there wasn't enough teams to really put <laughs> it enough. there were a bunch of there were I think five WCC teams that got yeah. into the tournament and the WCC is not a great league but, but the Big just, 12 only yeah. got two teams in so it's, Texas is one of them Texas BYU is one of them BYU was yeah. able to beat Texas which and swept them which was really interesting to me I watched that match and uh, BYU is awesome I think earlier this week six All-Americans yes. were named the, mm-hmm. um, also thing to watch in the match is the setters um, I think the setter for Stanford, and I'm spacing on her name right now, but uh, she uh, is second in the nation. Jenna Gray, second in the nation in assists per set, um, but that's nothing against uh, the setter for BYU, who is also incredible. Um, uh, yeah, Lindy. Uh, oh, Lindy, Lindy Haddock. Haddock, yeah. Epich. Yeah, and so the setters are going to be key in this game. And the liberos, the libero for Stanford might be the best in the country as well. But, and Mary Lake's not bad in her right. own right. So you're talking about the two teams that probably, if they were on other sides of the bracket, would have met in the finals, I think. Because okay, I think so, both of them would get past Illinois or Nebraska on okay, the other so, side. Okay, that's what I was going to ask you. Do you think this is the pseudo national championship? Who wins this? I would say yes, it? but I watch out for Illinois a little bit because okay. they're just gigantic. Yeah, but um, I, I think this is whoever wins this match will be the winner. Will be favored. Uh, will be favored in the national title. So okay. I, I'm expecting a five setter. If not, I'm expecting each game to be within a couple points. Um, my favorite kind of volleyball is bombs away volleyball, where okay. players just jump and hit it as hard as they can and try to score. <laughs> yeah. And uh, that's what I think you're going to see a lot of tonight. So you're talking about a team that's won a national title um, before a couple years ago with a lot of their same players against a team that's might be better. I didn't think anyone could beat BYU watching them. They lose McKenna. That changes things a little bit, but mm-hmm. we'll see what happens. Well, and that's the thing. <laughs> this year, this team... I freely admit, I've told people this on the podcast, I like watching volleyball, but I'm a novice in terms of understanding the sport. But I've watched BYU play, and it seems like every time their back is almost backed up against a wall, they just come out fighting and they come out on top. Right, and which is interesting to me when you go through a a league like they went through, yeah. where they were kind of rolling everybody, but they were still... I know they beat Stanford, but all this is preseason stuff. When they got into team play, I mean, it was cruise control. Okay. And yeah. I know they lost to LMU, but uh, it's it's. Good. It's a good sign that your yes. team can blast people, but then when your back's against the wall, you can find a way to fight out of it. You can dig deep. I enough. mean, that Texas yeah. match was incredible. Oh, yeah. No, it was fun. I, 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 I really enjoyed that match because mm-hmm. it was back and forth action, both teams. And the Florida one was great, too. Yeah, I mean. they, the, BYU's playing the elite of the elite. They're talking mm-hmm. the blue bloods is the easiest term to use, and BYU's been hanging right with them. And I'm, I'm excited for what we're going to see tonight. And yeah, here's hoping the Cougars advance because it's a local story. You and I both work in local radio and volley- I love volleyball volleyball normally doesn't register in our normal rotation of the sports we cover but if they make it to a national title match it will be a topic of conversation locally. yeah and, and BYU men's and women's have 
seemingly been in the final four so many times but not been able to men's have been the championship two of the last three years if i'm not mistaken yeah and and it's a little i mean there's only like 20 teams or something in d1 men's volleyball but uh it's a little more than that but it's not a lot but uh yeah they keep getting to there and then falling just short so but this is probably the best team byu's ever had uh roni jones perry is an interesting story not an lds athlete from my understanding copper hills high school copper hills and uh so she's just become this amazing player she is so fun to watch interesting stat about the ncaa mm-hmm. tournament jake only 10 teams have ever won a national title 10 schools since 1981 wow. when they made the uh women's national volleyball championship so there you so go So what we're, four, we're almost 40 years into it now and only the- almost 40 years in and only three teams uh east of the or three teams east of colorado have won the national title Wow. All right. So, and that's well, Texas, Nebraska, and Penn State. Okay. Penn State has seven. Nebraska has five. Okay. But uh, Stanford has seven. Everyone else is on the West. UCLA, Hawaii, Long Beach State, USC, Pacific, and Washington. Well, so, anybody that pays attention to wall- volleyball kind of remember those remember those team names. And that makes sense. Well, what's, it, what's also cool is the Big Ten is the cream of the crop when it comes to volleyball. Yeah. But there's so many good ones there that eventually they lose out the favorite to win the thing was minnesota mm-hmm. they lose but there's still two other big 10 teams in okay we saw michigan who got in yeah. unranked mm-hmm. but seemingly in my opinion by virtue of being in the big 10 obviously uh they got demolished by texas but um <laughs> they got in the they got least. in and so yeah, but well, it's interesting that only 10 teams have ever won a national title so, that's so byu mean, looking to be the 11th that'd be cool yeah we'll see what happens but adrian i really do appreciate you taking the time and yeah here's hoping if they if they do advance we're gonna have you back on tomorrow sounds gonna, good yeah i'll be watching it. every second of it so it should be fun all right thanks again my friend thank you Thanks to Adrian Leiser for joining me. It was a blast to talk BYU volleyball. They're in action tonight. Check it out. ESPN at 5 o'clock. BYU the fourth seed against number one seed Stanford. As Adrian said, he thinks this is kind of the pseudo-national championship. Whoever wins it should be heavily favored to win the national title. A couple of notes before we wrap up today's show. It's been a packed show packed a lot in here and I thank you guys for joining me thanks to Adrian Leiser thanks to Troy Warner uh, for talking with me it's been a blast to talk BYU sports each and every day like we do here on Locked On Cougars but a couple of notes before for you before we go is that six BYU women's volleyball players received All-American citations yesterday from the AVCA, the American Volleyball Coaches Association, yesterday. Middle blocker Heather Knighting made program history as she was named National Freshman of the Year. Uh, Big-time award, like I said, the first in program history. She was a third-team All-American. Roni Jones-Perry and Lindy Haddock-Epich were first-team honorees. Also, second-team honoree went to junior Mary Lake, BYU's star libero. She was an honorable mention All-American last year. And then juniors Kennedy Eschenberg and McKenna Miller, who was injured earlier this season, were named honorable honorable mention All-Americans, making up the six Cougars, a program record, receiving All-American citations this year. Best of luck to them tonight in that match. Also, BYU men's and women's track opens up their indoor season today. They'll be going on today and tomorrow at the Smith Fieldhouse, hosting athletes from BYU, Westminster, UVU, and Weber State. Kind of a warm-up event. Players looking to kind of establish themselves in terms of a so-called depth 
depth chart for the BYU men's and women's track teams. If you want to go enjoy that, go over to the BYU, uh, the Smith Fieldhouse there on the campus of BYU. You can enjoy that there. All right, that's the show for today. Been a lot, been uh, a little bit longer than we normally go on the podcast, but nonetheless, it's been a blast to bring it to you. So thanks again for joining me. Uh, Thanks to Roman and Sling TV for sponsoring the podcast today. We'll be back tomorrow getting you ready for BYU versus UNLV in basketball. Of course, the latest and greatest when it comes to BYU football. Plenty of news this time of year with recruiting in full swing. Also, bowl season upon us. We'll break it all down for you tomorrow. Thanks again for joining me. Hope you guys all have a great Thursday whenever you hear this. And we'll be back tomorrow right here on Locked on Cougars. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.